Today's five-star review, titled Excellent Actionable Content by Betsy Silver Young, reads, literally brings real value and actionable items to help you grow your brand and business. Real topics with real answers. Welcome to Build Your Tribe. I'm Shaleen Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. And we know your time is valuable. So every Tuesday, we release an episode loaded with quick tips designed to get you in and get you out. All right, Brock, take it away. All right, it's my turn to talk about public speaking. And I'm so happy that my mom made the differentiation that public speaking isn't just speaking on stages or speaking in front of large crowds, but the public speaking is really what we're all doing on a daily basis on social media. We all could benefit from spending some more time thinking about and practicing our public speaking, learning from the best of the best. And I'm definitely not saying that I'm the best of the best. In fact, I'm very far from it, but I have done quite a bit of public speaking at a young age. I've spoken at multiple social media conferences in front of thousands of people. I have thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers across my different social media platforms. I used to host my own podcast, and now I'm the host of this one. And going back, I'm also a quarterback of a football team, which means that I have to do quite a bit of public speaking there. And even at the age of five or six years old, I was conducting little plays and magic shows for my family in my home, my very earliest days of public speaking. And you're going to hate me for saying what I'm about to say, but I actually love public speaking. Like I legit love it. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. It's one of my favorite things to do. I would public speak every single day of my life if I could. Maybe that's why I chose this profession. And I say that you're probably going to hate me for saying that because according to a Washington Post study done in 2014, Public speaking is the number one thing Americans are afraid of. It just barely beats out the fear of heights, and it's significantly larger than the fear of strangers, zombies, darkness, clowns, and ghosts. Most of us are terrified of public speaking. Hopefully, my tips and tricks and strategies that I'm about to share with you, which have worked for me, will also help you to be able to find some more joy in your public speaking Make it a generally less stressful, less anxiety-producing experience, and that you can just generally become a better public speaker and impact more of your tribe through your speaking. I'm going to break my public speaking down into two main categories because I have a general way that I prepare for both, but there are some differences. The two categories being on-stage presentations, so this doesn't matter if it's for 50 people, 100 people a small corporation or a large social media event with thousands of people. And then I also have a slightly variant style of preparation for my live trainings, my webinars, Instagram TVs, and things like that. So let's start by talking about my on-stage presentations. I first start with the biggest, most important question, which is, what the heck am I even being asked to talk about? Sometimes you're given free reign to talk about whatever you want, but most of the time when you're being asked to speak, there's going to be some kind of topic, some kind of specific interest that the organization has for you. So first of all, what is my topic? Am I talking about storytelling, Instagram stories, TikTok, Snapchat? Am I talking about being a young entrepreneur? What is my topic? That should be a very easy question to answer, and I like to start there. Then I get a little bit more specific. I narrow my focus a little bit and say, 
what are my lessons or steps that I like to use to teach this topic? And chances are you might have even spoken or taught on this topic before. So I then will go to my notes app on my phone. Maybe I'll go to my business journals. I'll flip through those and find what are my best notes, my best lessons, my best steps to teach the audience about whatever topic it is that I have. Like my mom talked about in Tuesday's Quick Tip Tuesday, the rule of threes is always great. So if you can stick to three lessons or three tips, that's always awesome. I like to generally keep it to numbers that make sense. So three, five, 10, no real more than 10 because anything more than that seems like a long list and too many steps to follow, but generally 10 or less tips or steps or lessons. Then after that, I like to look at my topic and look at my list of steps or lessons and ask myself, what's the problem that my steps solve on a general sense? I could give you an example for this. So four years ago, my first time ever speaking at the Marketing Impact Academy live event, I was asked to speak about Snapchat and specifically Snapchat marketing for your business. I then put together a list of, I think, my five best strategies to begin to market your business and use Snapchat to grow your brand. But then I took a step back and I asked myself this question, what's the general problem that these steps are solving? And the conclusion that I came to was that in a very broad general sense, these steps were giving my audience tools for success. I know it's not very specific, but we'll talk more about that in a second. Once I knew that I was going to be giving my audience tools for success, I could take a step back and start thinking about what I believe is the most important part of public speaking. The most important thing you can do is storytell. It's going to be the most memorable thing from your public speaking, and it's going to be the easiest thing. We're all much better at telling stories than we are at remembering facts and slides and bullet points on a PowerPoint. I know I'm teaching about Snapchat and I'm giving tips for Snapchat marketing, but generally, in a very broad sense, I'm giving my audience tools for success. So what's a story from my past that I could tell about a time where I gained tools for success? And what this ended up becoming, and this is what I do for every public speaking opportunity, is this story becomes my hook story. What is that story going to be? I make sure that it's going to be a story that is funny. It's going to make people laugh. It's going to make people cry. It's going to make people really feel something. I want their emotions to be moved right from that initial story because when their emotions are moved and when I'm telling a story from my past, they're going to feel connected to me on a very deep level. They'll remember that story. They'll remember the theme, the topic, the lesson learned, and it will directly apply and transition into my specific lessons or tips that relate to the topic that I'm there to speak about today. I asked myself, what is a hilarious story or a sad story from my past where I gained tools for success or maybe one where I didn't have tools for success? And then it dawned on me, a hilarious story from when I was like 10 years old and I tried to start my own band and I didn't have any of the tools for success. I barely had any instruments. I had one electric piano that I was borrowing from a friend. I didn't know how to read music or write music or play music. I didn't have a guitar or a microphone or anything. I had no clue what I was doing. It was a hilarious story that I shared with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. And that did two very important things. 
Number one, it hooked my audience in and allowed them to connect with me and get engaged with my speaking. And number two, it led me and my audience directly to the promise of my speech. The promise of my speech was that by the end, I was going to give them the tools necessary to be successful in marketing on Snapchat, just as I didn't have the tools necessary to be a successful musician at 10 years old. Then I go back through the lessons and steps and I add as many stories as possible. I've shared this statistic many times before and I'm going to keep sharing it. Stories are 22 times more memorable than facts. So you can have all the cool graphs you want, all the Pew Research studies, all the Washington Post and New York Times demographics and all these numbers and fancy analytics. But at the end of the day, people are going to remember how you made them feel. They're going to remember the stories you told them. So I go through each of my points and I think, is there a story that I could use to illustrate this lesson? Is there a story that relates to this? How did I learn this lesson? Was this a story that I could share from the stage? Like I said earlier, stories are more memorable by the audience, but they're also more memorable for you. When you're on stage, it's hard to get all those numbers right. It's hard to remember every single detail that you want to hit. But if you know that you are just going to be generally telling a story about a time when you were young and you didn't know all the musical instruments and how to play them and how to read music, you can tell that story in 10 seconds or you could tell it in 10 minutes. You can add more details and the story will change each time you retell it. But it's much easier to remember and much easier to recall and tell on stage than to make sure you're hitting every single bullet point, every single fact, and every single number. I know at this point, you may be freaking out a little bit and maybe even questioning me. Brock, how the heck am I supposed to think of this many stories? I might have a couple funny stories that I could tell about my kids, but sheesh, I mean, I don't have that many stories to tell. I'm not going to go into my full spiel right now about how you have thousands of stories to tell, even though I do believe that you do. Instead, I'm just going to give you this tip. Start right now. As you're hearing the sound of my voice, open up your notes app, as long as you're not driving, open up your notes app on your phone and start a new note and label it stories to tell. Every time a story happens to you that is worth retelling to a friend, a colleague, telling to your spouse or your kids or your parents, write it down, write it down. That way, when you are doing your next IGTV or you're doing your next Facebook live video, your next live training, and you need to think, hey, I know Brock told me to tell more stories. What story could I tell about X, Y, and Z? You can then refer to your notes app, refer to your list of stories, and quickly and easily pull up a story that relates. My notes app is filled with stories to retell. If someone needed me to be a stand-up comedian, I feel confident that I could do it in pretty short notice. Not because I think I'm that funny. Okay, fine. I think I'm pretty funny. But because I have a long list of notes in my phone, I have a long list of stories that are funny, that are proven to be funny, that have made people laugh, that have made me laugh. I have those all written down so I can easily pull them up and just retell those from a stage and then boom, I'm a stand-up comedian. Start recording your stories. Maybe it's even a voice note on your phone. Every time there's a funny story, you record yourself a quick audio message about what that story was about. And I promise you, the best time to use those stories 
is when you're speaking on stage or when you're doing some kind of public speaking. But like, how do I tangibly apply this framework? Like, what am I actually physically doing? Well, as I'm going through the topic, the lesson, and all my ideas of stories, I'm writing down physical notes in my business notebook. I'm writing down actually pen and paper notes about what I want to say, what I don't want to say, and where I generally want to go. Then once I have a general idea of the stories I want to tell, the points I want to hit, I will record myself an audio note. I open up the recording app on my phone and I'll just record a spoken memo of myself, basically rough drafting or practicing my speech with my notes in front of me, stopping, starting whenever I need to, recording my speech. This allows for three things to be accomplished. Number one, I know how long the speech is going to be because I can just look and see how long that audio recording is. I can tell if I need to make it shorter or longer. Number two, I can easily replay that and edit parts of it. I can say, uh, I didn't like my speaking pattern here. I didn't like this story here. You can easily edit, take things out and notice when there's flaws or when there's great points in your public speaking. And then number three, it helps you practice because you don't always want to just be constantly rehearsing and speaking that speech all the time. But now that you have an audio recording of yourself practicing the speech, you could play that while you drive. You could play it in the shower. You could play it while you're doing the dishes. You can listen to yourself speak. And it's a way of like studying it or memorizing the speech and and remembering the different parts of what you want to say. This whole process for me takes about four to seven days. When I'm Speaking on a stage, I typically start preparing anywhere from a week out to four days out, depending on how big the presentation is going to be, how nervous I am, and whether or not it's a new topic I'm speaking on. Now, real quick, I wanted to transition and talk about how I prepare for going live, whether that's Facebook Live, Instagram Live, podcasts. This is how I prepare. It actually follows the exact same steps that we talked about before. The one thing that's different about when I speak on live streams or when I speak on social media is that rather than recording a voice note and rehearsing for four to seven days, I'll write myself one page of notes. That's all I allow. One page of bullet-pointed notes and I rehearse for anywhere from 10 to 60 minutes. Again, there are some things I might rehearse more for, like a live training for a couple thousand people. And there are some things I might only rehearse once or twice for, like a YouTube video or an IGTV where I know a lot less people are going to watch it and I have a lot more control over the editing and the flow. And then before I actually hit the live button or I hit the record button, I'll reread my notes really quick. I'll make sure that they're taped up somewhere by my camera so that I can easily refer to them or glance at them while I'm speaking. And then I hit go live. You might feel nervous. Your mouth might get dry. You might get flushed. You might get a little extra anxious or extra jittery know that that's normal and it's going to fade. Studies have actually been done that have shown that there's this magic cutoff point 90 seconds in. So a minute and a half into your recording, a minute and a half into being on stage, your fight or flight responses dramatically decrease. Your body relaxes itself and you are able to settle in or find that zone, find that zen in your public speaking and you'll feel much more comfortable. I hope this helps. I hope you found this helpful today and that whether you speak on stages in front of hundreds of thousands of people or you have 300 followers on Instagram who you're nervous to go live to for the very first time, it's okay to feel nervous. It's a process and it takes practice. 
Hopefully these steps will make it a little bit easier for you to follow when you're practicing. And until next time, happy networking and keep storytelling. This episode has been brought to you by Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to pushjournal.com.